Good morning, good morning, good morning. I am so grateful to be here. So grateful that uh, Pastor Nathan, Pastor Allie would give me the honor and privilege to speak into you guys' lives. I stand before you up here today on behalf of Pastor Robert Morris and Gateway Church. How many of you are familiar with Pastor Robert and Gateway? Amen. So I am actually on staff at Gateway. I work in the church network and I'm so honored to say that uh, your church is a part of that, in case you are unaware. And so I get the honor and privilege of of speaking into Pastor Nathan's life, uh, to overseeing your church as a part of the network. And and again, so today I'm I'm honored uh, as a member of Gateway to, to get here as part of your covering to stand and speak into your lives. Amen? So let me just, uh, before I get going... I want to kind of set the table, if I can put it that way. Um, Let's just pretend, because I want to give you a mental picture. Let's just pretend that I've invited you over for dinner, okay? I've done all the shopping. I've done all the cooking. And, And so I invite you over. You come. You sit down. I serve you some food. We all start to sit down and eat it together. Now, I just want to ask you, what would your assumption be... What, what do you think my assumption would be if you didn't say a word throughout the whole meal? You just kind of sat there and were just like eating. What would your assumption be? This food's probably not that good. Is that, is that fair to say? Now, now, again, if you made all, if you took the time, you did the shopping, you, you made the food, and, and you got somebody that's sitting there like, oh, man, this meat is fantastic. Oh, these potatoes are great. Oh, then, then what's your assumption? All right, so just to, just to kind of prepare you and, and kind of uh, set the expectation for today, man, I, I worked hard on preparing you guys a meal today, so if you just sit there completely quiet, my assumption is going to be you, you're not really liking what I'm saying up here. Is that fair? So here's what I want to encourage you. It's okay, and I want to make sure you know that I think it's okay if you tell me every now and again that the food's pretty good. Is that all right? Because, again, I've worked hard on making you a good meal today. Amen? So let's do this. Let's pray, and let's really hear what the Father's got to say to us this morning. Amen? So, Father, we come before you. And, Father, in this moment, it is truly our heart's desire. First Sunday of a brand new calendar year, will you please speak to us? Speak to us today. Father, uniquely, the way you do to each one of us. But Father, we want to hear your voice. We want to hear what you have to say. So we're asking you, Father, give us eyes to see so that we don't miss anything. Give us ears to hear so that we don't miss anything. And give us a heart that is open and receptive to any conversation you want to have with us this morning. Father, we surrender our mind, will, and emotions to you. And we ask you in Jesus' name, if, if we need to be corrected, correct us. If we need instruction, instruct us. If we need direction, direct us. But Father, speak to your sons and daughters today. Father, we declare we're open and we want to hear from you in Jesus' name. Amen? Come on, do you agree with that prayer this morning? Um, I want to talk to you today about your God-given purpose. Um, I don't know, maybe it's just me, but 
is there anybody else that is happy that we got to turn the final page on the 2020 calendar and throw that joker in the trash? I mean, maybe it's just me, but I'm, I'm happy about that. 2020, man, was a, was a year. Can we just put it that way? We'll, just, we'll say it was a year. And, and listen, I know, I know it's just a piece of paper. This day doesn't look much different than yesterday or the day before, but there's something about it that tells me, man, I can close the chapter on one and start to step into another chapter. And that excites me because here's what I really do believe. And it's not because we're going to make some weird New Year's resolution or, or whatever that kind of goes along with some ritualistic stuff that we tend to do when a new calendar year shows up. I really do believe with all of my heart, this can be a much better year for us if we'll just simply do what God's told us to do. Amen? And and that reality is what I want us to talk about this morning. So if you would, uh, turn with me in your Bible to Ephesians 2. We're going to start in verse 10. If you didn't bring your Bible, it's okay. It'll be up on the screen. Grab your phone, your iPad. You can turn to it. And, and I really want to encourage you guys. A strong recommendation, not just because I'm here, but you should really take notes. And here's why. Can, can we just be really uh, real and transparent? How many of you have, have been like at a really good church service, but by the time you got out to your car, you'd forgotten about almost everything that was said because you were thinking about where we were going for lunch or you, it, all it took was for you to get to the front door to your car to have an argument with your spouse. <laughs> Again, we're just being real and transparent, right? How many of you uh, parents just by the time you walked out the doors to the car, had to like correct your, your children. And, and I done forgot the majority of what was talked about. See, when I take notes, here's what it says. It says, I prioritize what you're telling me, and I'm not going to let it go that easy. So I'm going to write this down so that when I do get in an argument or when somebody cuts me off on my way out of church and I really want to flip them the bird, that I can go back Oh, I'm sorry. Does no one do that around here? No, I'm just saying that because we're natural, we're humans, and, and hopefully we're, we're past that part in our walk with Christ. But we're natural human beings that need to be reminded. And can I just tell you this? God doesn't like to just repeat himself over and over because we don't want to listen. So can I just give you a, a soft, subtle encouragement? Take notes. Amen. You'll find that God will speak to you a whole lot more when you do because it shows you value as words. So Ephesians 2, verse 10, and I'm going to read this out of the amplified, the classic amplified version. Ephesians 2, verse 10, for we are God's own handiwork, his workmanship recreated in Christ Jesus. Pause for me for a second. Recreated. Will you just, again, if you have your actual Bible, Man, underline that word, circle it, highlight it, do whatever it is you do. If you're on the, the U version, highlight that thing. But here's what it tells me, and, and most of us in here probably have our own testimony, but I didn't grow up in church. But I am so grateful that Jesus recreated some things in my life. Now, I am so thankful that the 
old me is not standing up here today, but the recreated version of who I am is standing up here today. But here's what it also tells me. It also tells me that that same God that could recreate some things in my life can recreate a new calendar a year that doesn't look like the last one. Amen? He, he, he excels at recreating stuff from old to new. So thank God that I don't have to have the same expectation because we serve a king who specializes in recreation. Amen? All right, so uh, where is handiwork, where is workmanship, recreated in Christ Jesus, born anew, that we may do those good works which God predestined, planned beforehand for us, taking paths which he has prepared ahead of time, that we should walk in them, living the good life which has been prearranged and made ready for us to live. Now, I want to read the exact same scripture, but I'm going to read it out of the Message Bible. Because to amplify it, it's pretty wordy, but it gives you a lot of explanation. So now just listen to the Message Bible version of the same chunk of Scripture and listen to how it says it. Here's the message, Ephesians 2. Now God has, now God has us where he wants us, with all the time in the world and the next to shower grace and kindness upon us in Christ Jesus. Saving is all his idea. And all his work. All we do is trust him enough to let him do it. It's God's gift from start to finish. We don't play the major role. And if we did, we'd probably go around bragging that we'd done the whole thing. No, we neither make nor save ourselves. God does both the making and the saving. He creates each of us by Christ Jesus to join him in the work that he does, the good work that he's gotten ready for us to do, work that we better be doing. Work that we better be doing. Every one of us in this room, every one of us that's out in the foyer right now, that's, that's over in the coffee shop, every one of us has a God-given purpose and destiny, a job, an assignment that God has laid up before we ever said yes to him. Every one of us has a God-designed purpose and assignment. Can you agree with that? And listen, it's not a blanket thing. It's something unique for each one of us that's got our DNA. It's got our thumbprint. But it's God's divine purpose for us that according to the Message Bible says, man, it's a job that Jesus wants us to be a part of. It's a job that's specific to you, and it's a job we better be doing. Amen? It's, it's a God-given destiny and purpose. But I'm going I'm to share with you three points this morning, and, and this is really important because I don't know about you, but I've, I've heard this statement a lot in church. Oh, God's got a plan for your life. God's got a plan for your life. You ever heard that? Oh, God's got a plan for your life. Well, that's great and all. Could you tell me what that is? Thanks for the Christianese pat on my back, but how about you explain to me how I walk that out? Come on, is anybody in agreement? Again, how's the food so far? Okay, all right, a little bit of feedback. There we go. It's really important for us to understand this and know this. This isn't Christianese speak, and this isn't some little, oh, yeah, 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 God's got a plan for your life. It's kind of like, yeah, I, I don't really want to help you right now, and I sure don't want to listen to your problems. I got my own, but just know God's got a plan for your life. Come on, that, that, that's just Christianese. 
But can I tell you, God really does have a plan for your life. And Ephesians 2 goes as far as to say, it's a plan we better be doing. Amen? So here's, here's my first point that I want to share with you. And this is, you know what, I'm, I'm skipping ahead just a little bit. But it's okay. So let me share with you this first point. Nothing external should ever keep us from the internal work that God wants to do in our lives. Let me repeat it. Nothing that's going on around us. Oh, I don't know. Maybe something like COVID. Oh, I don't know. Maybe something like we don't have a president. Oh, I don't know. Maybe something like social unrest. Nothing external should ever prevent or stop an internal work that Jesus wants to do in and through our lives. Now listen to me. you got to understand when this was written, when Ephesians 2 was written, they had kind of recently been invaded by Rome. How many of you understand when you're invaded by another country, they tell you how to act. They tell you what to do. They, they tell you how to live life. Man, that sounds eerily similar to what our government's trying to do. You might want to keep that off of the recording. <laughs> but you, you have to understand, they didn't volunteer for it. Rome came and overtook them, and they were living under Roman rule, law, and authority, which means if you get out of line, we're, we're going to punish you for that. Because you're under a new rule. You don't get to live freely anymore. You're under our governmental oppression. They had to deal with things like this in 500 A.D. They had to, and you can look this up, you can Google all this stuff, but the, the Justinian plague shows up. The Justinian plague killed an estimated 30 to 50 million people in 500 A.D. Come on, you want to talk about a pandemic. A little bit further, you go to the 1300s, a little thing called the Black Plague shows up. It killed an estimated 25 million more people. Now, I don't want to belittle uh, because, listen, I've had a very, very dear and close personal friend of mine pass away, and they're saying it's because of COVID. But COVID estimates to this point haven't even reached 2 million. Now, again, that's not to belittle any of that because maybe you know or, or have been personally affected by it. But listen, if history tells us anything, it's that this stuff happens over and over again in our history. And the reality is we're going to have stuff that we've got to overcome. We're going to have issues. We're going to have problems. We're going to have moments of decision where we have to figure out, am I going to stand and fight or am I going to go hide and quarantine? Come on, are you listening to me? It is our reality that stuff happens. Things happen. But listen to me. My first point, nothing that's going on around us can ever be an excuse for why I'm not doing what God's called me to do. It can't be a situation where, listen to me, I, I blame what's going on in 2021 on what happened in 2020. Because here's what happens. I make that an excuse to justify my behavior. Come on, we okay? 
So listen, we can't allow an external thing, no matter what it is, we can't allow an external thing to be an excuse for why I'm not walking out the plan and purpose that God has for my life. Because reality is, that never stopped anyone in the early church. It never stopped anyone in the Bible. They were issues, yes, but they were all issues that just had to be overcame. Can we agree? Let, let me, let's dig a little deeper. Look at Romans 8, starting in verse 35. I'm going to read this out of the NLT, New Living Translation. It says this, can anything ever separate us from Christ's love? Does it mean that he, Jesus, does it mean that he no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity or persecution or hunger or destitution or are in danger or are threatened with death? As the scripture says, for your sake, we are killed every day. We're being slaughtered like sheep. No, despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loves us. Listen. The Bible's been trying to tell us, man, there's going to be troubles that show up. There's going to be calamity. There's going to be destitution. There's going to be hunger. But that cannot stop the child of the living God who has Christ as their king. And we can't allow external things to be an excuse for why we're not doing what God's asked us and called us to do. Come on, can you say amen? Because it is the truth, guys. And if, you, if you're not careful, then you will start blaming everything on 2020 as the reason that you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing in 2021. Amen? And our reality is trouble, calamity, destitution, hunger, financial hardship, losing a job, they're, they're all real things, but that doesn't separate us from the fact that God loves us and has a plan for every single one of us. Amen? So it's a decision point that we have to make that I'm not going to allow that to be an excuse as to why I'm not doing what God's asked me and called me to do, my true purpose, my calling, my gifting, my assignment from our King. Amen? Let me give you point number two. Point number two is this. Do you have the heart of a servant? Guys, this is so important. Do you have the heart of a servant? Here's what this means. All of us, and, and listen, there's, there's no shame in this. Isn't it nice to be served? I mean, isn't that one of the reasons we go out to eat? Because I don't want to be the one in the kitchen doing all the work. That's why I said yes to coming over to your house so you could do all the work and I can just eat. It's why we go out to eat so we can be served. It's nice to be served. It's enjoyable. But why I'm asking this question is do I have a heart that is always looking to be served or do I have a heart that's always looking to serve someone else? And listen, I know you know the right answer. Let me put it this way to you. And, and I would love, somebody just blurt this out for me. 
Uh, somebody tell me, what, what's your favorite toothpaste? Somebody yell it out. Crest? Crest? Somebody else. Give me another. Ultra bright. I don't even know if I've heard of that. Uh, what was another one? Colgate. Crest, Colgate, ultra bright. Give me one more because I don't know ultra bright. What is it? AIM. Okay. Is AIM the one with the, the, the three different colors that come out? Okay. All right. So, so here's reality. Whether it's Crest, whether it's Colgate, whether it's AIM, whether it's ultra bright, we really don't know what's on the inside of the tube until we give it a squeeze. Now, it can tell me all day long it's Colgate, it's Crest, it's AIM, it's ultra bright. And you can tell me all day long that you're a Christian, but you really don't know what's on the inside until there's a squeeze. So you can have whatever label you want. You can tell me whatever you want because we all know the right words to say, but we don't know what's really on the inside until there's a squeeze. And truth is this. And sometimes when we see what really does come out, it doesn't match the labeling. You can say amen or oh me or whatever you want to say right now. But reality is, I don't care what labeling you have and I don't care if you know how to answer correctly, I'm concerned about what's on the inside of you when there's a squeeze. Do you have the heart of a servant? Let's think through this. Because Jesus himself said, I didn't come to be served, I came to serve. There's no greater model that we could aspire to be like more than our king. But inside of that, let, let's, uh, let's, let's use this uh, example of David in the Bible. You know, David, before he was king. Are we okay with that? Most everybody knows who you're talking about when you talk about David. Most people have heard the story of David and Goliath, right? Now, I, I want to make it a little bit more relevant to 2020. What do you think David's LinkedIn profile would have looked like? What do you think his Indeed uh, profile would have, would have looked like? What, what do you think his resume would have, would have looked like? Let's really think this through. The first thing you would notice on there is a shepherd. You know, the person that stands out there in the, the field for days at a time and watches over sheep. Especially when this was written, when, when that was written, that was consider, considered slave or servant work. Very, very menial work. Now, David got it because he was the runt of the litter, the last one born. So David's out there doing what most would consider at that time a servant work. So that would be first on his profile. And, and here would be the second. He would be an Uber Eats driver. He'd be an Uber Eats driver because he was the one taking bread and cheese up to his brothers at the front lines. He'd be an Uber Eats driver. Agreed? So that, now we got that on his, on his um, you know, Indeed profile. And, and here would be the next thing, in, in the Army Reserves. Because, hey, man, I'm just delivering some, some pizza, some bread and cheese. I'm just delivering some pizza. And now all of a sudden, like, I, I, I'm facing this giant guy. And, and you know what, man, uh, man that, that, like, killing stuff and, and, man, swords and spears and all that, 
you know what, I think I'll just, because here would have been the next thing, I, you know, forget that, I'll just be a praise and worship leader. That's what, and so the next thing in David's resume is a praise and worship leader, because he goes and plays the harp for Saul. So he's, he's high profile, you know, he's, he's not like in a small rural church, he's, he's in a big one. He's in the king's palace. So he's leading praise and worship, and then he says, you know what, here's next on my list, I'm just going to join the army because, man, this, this whole like spears and swords and stuff like that, I ain't never been hurt like I've been hurt in the ministry. So you know what, I'm just going to enlist full time in the army because at least I can see those spears coming at me. Now, here's the reason why I'm going through this. Everything on his profile was while he was already anointed and already authorized to be the king of the entire nation. Come on, are you listening to me? Let me make a statement to you that's really important. Your preparation time is never wasted time. Your preparation time is never wasted time. But here's why I'm asking, do you have the heart of a servant? Because you'll never stand out in the field and tend to some sheep if you don't have the heart of a servant because you're too busy focusing on why am I not sitting on the throne? All of this happened while my man was anointed to be the king of the entire nation and he was just fine with going and being an Uber Eats driver. Because he trusted more in the plan and purpose of God than climbing the corporate ladder and making his own chair at the table. He had the heart of a servant no matter what the squeeze looked like. So the question I have is, do you have the heart of a servant? Your preparation time is never wasted time. You've got to understand this. So much of the time where you are serving is not the same field that you'll stay in, but it is preparation time so that God can show you where your heart really is. To where God can reveal to you what's on the inside of the tube of toothpaste. See, this is why it's important to understand what when the scripture talks about the refining fire, if you don't know how that works, you start, you start boiling the gold and all the impurities rise to the top and you got to scrape those off. And then you turn up the fire again and more impurities rise to the top. Sometimes we got to serve in a field so some impurities can rise to the top. God can clean them off and we can go to the next field to serve in. The problem comes when we try to skip all that and go straight to the throne. Come on, listen, it was over 12 years that David was anointed and given the role and right to be king of Israel before he ever sat on the throne. Do you have the heart of a servant? And I know we know what the answer is, but I don't care what your tube of toothpaste says. I want to know what's on the inside. And listen, here's what we're talking about. We're talking about 2021 being a different year than 2020. But here's how that's going to happen. For one, I'm not going to allow 2020 to be an excuse for why I'm not doing what I should be today. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to allow anything external to prevent me from walking out the plans and purposes and the call of God on my life. Come on, are you with me this morning? I'm not going to do it. But then secondly, I'm going to have the heart of a servant. 
Because reality is this. A lot of times you're dealing with the aggravation and frustration that you're dealing with because you're on the wrong seat in the bus. Now, again, please, I, I don't want this to come across crude or, or anything like that. But, and, and this is just me, so bear with me, okay? But listen, your, your right seat on the bus is perfectly formed to your backside. I mean, it fits your bum cheeks perfectly. Can I put it that way? You all right with that? Now, listen, if it fits yours perfectly and then I try to sit in it, something just ain't feel right. Let, let me put it a different way. Not that I want you all to look, but my wife told me numerous times I have no backside. So I, I don't have much back there. And so like when I go sit on one of those picnic tables, I'm constantly moving and adjusting because I feel like I'm sitting right on my tailbone. It ain't just, there's not much back there. Again, not that I want you to check it out right now. That's why I'm not turning. <laughs> so listen, you come and sit on my seat, you're going to be really uncomfortable because there ain't, just ain't much there. The same way if I sit in your seat. I'm going to be a little bit uncomfortable because it's not the right seat on the bus. And a lot of people are trying to sit in a seat that they're not ready for, and it's uncomfortable, and it's frustrating. And we have a whole lot of frustrated Christians because I'm not sitting in my seat. Your preparation time is never wasted time. So I encourage you, if you really want this to be a different year, you've got to have the heart of a servant. I didn't come to be served. I came to serve. Can I, can I maybe step on your toes a little bit? How many of you hate wearing that stupid mask? Can I raise both hands? I hate that thing. I hate it. I hate that it just feels like it's a little bit suffocating. I'm not used to wearing it. I'm sure not a doctor. And if, man, I'd like to pay to go with it if I got to wear the mask, wouldn't you? But listen, I can tell a lot of your all's heart by your willingness to wear that mask. Because if me wearing that mask will help somebody else, even though I hate it, and I'm telling you, I hate it. But if, if I wearing that mask will be of a benefit to somebody who might not have as strong of an immune system, they might not have a faith level where mine is, they might not understand and know that God's got a plan of health and healing for their life. But if my willingness to serve them means I have to wear that mask, then I'll do it. Sometimes I can tell exactly where a person's heart is because they're more worried about their own kingdom than somebody else's. Again, you can say amen or oh me or whatever fits right now. And if you need to, just tuck your feet under your chair and I won't step on them anymore, I promise. But guys, it, it's simple things like that. Do you have the heart of a servant that worries more about somebody else's kingdom than your own? And listen, I'm camping on this way more than I did in first service, which means somebody needs to hear this. Or maybe multiple somebodies need to hear this. 
It's the heart of a servant that cares more about the person next to you than it does about you. And again, it's, it's nice to, to go get served every now and again. But listen, my reality is, I didn't come to be served. I came to be a servant. Because that's exactly why my Savior came. That's exactly why your Savior came. And if you really do want it to be different, then you need to have the heart of a servant too. Let me give you our last one, our last point. And again, I'm going to bring you right back to, to Ephesians 2, verse 10, out of the Amplified. Let's read it just one more time. For we are God's own handiwork, his workmanship, recreated in Christ Jesus, born anew. We should walk then, we should walk in them, good works that he has planned for us, living the, come on, say it with me. Living the what? Come on, say it like you want some. The good life. Now that's saying it like they want some. <laughs> Listen, the good life, not just the mediocre life, not just the barely get along life, not just the waters up to here, and if a wave comes, I'm going under life. It's the overwhelmingly good life, not just enough, but actually more than enough. Now, here's, again, we've all heard these things. And I know for a long time, my attitude was, okay, when do I get some? When do I get some of that good life that's always talked about but seldom ever seen? Come on, is it, was I the only one that thought that way when I sat in the church service? But there are times where it's like, man, where's that good life at? But the reality is, is if I want God's results, I've got to do it God's way. So much of us want to do it our way and still get God's results. If you're sincere about wanting the overwhelmingly good life, then you can't try to fit God around your life. Life has got to fit around God. Well, let me repeat that because I think some of you missed that part. Because we are the kings at trying to make God fit around what we want and what we want to do and how we want it and when we want it. When the reality is, we can't make God fit around our life. We have to make sure our life is fitting around God. You can't do it your way and get God's results. The only thing you're going to get when you do it your way is the best that you can produce. Can I tell you this? Man, we don't have enough time, but I could take you through a whole history of the dumb mistakes that I have made on this journey called life. Did anybody else? I mean, I feel like at times I invented dumb. There wasn't even dumb around, and I made some dumb up. But listen, man, I've tried. I really have tried. In my best days, couldn't get the job done. Come on, are you listening to me? This is why I wanted to read it out of the message, because if it depended on us and it was all about the things we did, we'd take credit for it all. What do we need God for? But my best couldn't get the job done. My best effort couldn't produce the results I wanted. I've got to have God to help me along to get to this overwhelmingly good life or else I'm never going to get there. 
There is a God-shaped hole on the inside of every one of us. And we try to fill it with drugs. We try to fill it with alcohol. We try to fill it with porn. We try to fill it with job. We try to fill it with money. We try to fill it with title. We try to fill it with so much stuff that always leaves us wanting because we're not filling it with the right thing. We're trying to get what God promises but our own way. Man, are you listening to me? This is, this is good food, by the way. Just FYI. It's good food. If you're serious about wanting to fulfill the God-given purpose and destiny that he has for your life, if you're serious about not wanting 2021 to mimic 2020, then we've got to understand I can't allow external things to be an excuse for why I'm not doing what God's told me to do. I've got to have the heart of a servant, and I've got to be willing to do it God's way if I really want to truly walk out the overwhelmingly good life. Come on, are you with me this morning? I've got to do it God's way if I want God's results. Amen? And listen, if you'll just do it God's way, I don't care if there's a stimulus check. I don't care who ends up being our president because reality is I'm a part of his kingdom that is the same yesterday, today, and forever. I'm a part of how his plan is that isn't deterred by what's going on around us. His kingdom doesn't change even though ours does. Can we agree with that? Reality. Reality, guys, we can't allow what's going on around us to be an excuse for not walking out God's plan and purpose. We've got to have the heart of a servant if we want to actually allow God to move us and shift us. Again, I know it's not the American way, but his kingdom doesn't operate through the American way. It's not about climbing the corporate ladder and biting and scratching and clawing and, and, and kicking and screaming my way to a position. You get there by serving. And it's contrary because since day one, we were born to climb a ladder. We've been taught and trained since day one, the American way. And I'm telling you, it's not the kingdom way. The kingdom way says if you really want to be promoted, you better have the heart of a servant that cares more about somebody else's kingdom than yours. Are you listening to me? And then last, my third point again, just reiterating, guys, we've got to do it God's way if we want God's results. There is a promise here, an overwhelmingly good life. But again, You can't do it your way and get ticked off because God's not fulfilling his promise. Any parents in the house at all? Quite a few. Have you ever told your children to do something and, I don't know, they were just kind of belligerent about not doing it the way that you asked them to do it? Anybody? Any any parents? Again, I've got three. Now, now here's, here's reality. When, when they're kind of that stubborn little belligerent and they're having their moment and you've asked them to do it, how, 
open are you to really, when they come right back to you and say, hey, can I have 100 bucks so I can go to the mall? How open are you to really, you know, wanting to dish that out? Anyone? Not very open. I appreciate that. Now, let's, let's play through a different scenario. How about the moment where you didn't even ask and they did it anyway and they did it in the way that you asked them to and you didn't even say a word or ask them to do it in the first place and then they come to you, how much more open are you then? I'm telling you, if you'll do it God's way, daddy will open up his hands and say, what do you need? Come on, what do you need, son? What do you need, daughter? But our frustration comes when I want his results, but I want it my way. All right, now, here's where we're going to close. Ecclesiastes 3, and this is a pretty popular scripture, but Ecclesiastes 3 in verse 11, and I'm going to read this again out of the Amplified. But listen to what it says. He has made everything beautiful in its time. He also has planted eternity in men's hearts and minds. Divinely, look at this. Man, I'm telling you again, highlight this, underline this. This is important. Divinely implanting a sense of purpose, working through the ages which nothing under the sun but God alone can satisfy. Divinely implanting a sense of purpose. Divinely planting seeds in your life that bring you purpose. Listen, there, as it says right here, he's made everything beautiful in its own time. Even if there's a pandemic even if there's social unrest and injustice, even if I've lost my job, even if things have just felt like the train went totally off the tracks. My Bible tells me that he, he can impregnate us divinely with his purpose. Amen? And that purpose, again, cannot be determined by what's going on externally because his kingdom doesn't change even though ours does. But it will only, his purpose will only begin to come out of you if you have the heart of a servant and you're willing to do it his way. Again, as the message Bible put Ephesians 2, man, Jesus has got some stuff he wants us to do together with him and it's something specific just for you and it's work that we better be doing. Think it's really going to fly to look at Jesus right in the eyes and say, well, let, let me tell you what happened. See, what ha happened was I didn't do what you asked me to do because of COVID. I mean, it seems to work with everything else in this nation, right? Well, why didn't my packages come? Oh, COVID. Uh, well, okay. Uh, oh, why isn't this thing open? Oh, COVID. All right. It, it's a, it's a, Self-checkout line. You don't even have to have people there. It's me by myself. Why is it closed? COVID. Oh, all right. But let me tell you, that's not going to fly with Jesus. Amen? 
do me this favor, if you would. Bow your heads and close your eyes for a moment. And listen, the reason why we ask you to do that, guys, is not because we're shamed or embarrassed or anything like that. Far from it. It's because this is personal time between you and your father. This isn't where you nudge your spouse or your neighbor or your kids and say, oh, I think he's talking about you. No, this is personal time between you and dad. So I'm asking you out of respect for the people around you. Now bow your head and close your eyes for a moment. And there's an overwhelming victory waiting for you. The scripture says it's predestined. That means it's already been thought about. It's been planned long before you ever said yes. Man, if you're sitting here this morning and you can say, you know what, Pastor Eddie, over the last 10, 12 months, I have let everything around me, man, mess me up. I've let everything around me frustrate me and depress me and aggravate me. And I'll be quite honest, it, it's got me in a little bit of a funk. Man, if that's you this morning, and this is just between you and God, and I'm asking you to do this as an acknowledgement before your heavenly Father, but if that's you this morning, and you can say, man, I, I've just, I've been in a bit of a funk. I, I've been aggravated, frustrated, depressed, full of stress, full of anxiety because of what's been going on around me. If that's you this morning, would you lift up a hand as acknowledgement before the Father? Man, there's hands all over this place. Come on, lift it up, loud and proud. Hands all over this place. You are not alone. You can put them down. You're not alone. But it starts by making a decision. I'm not going to allow it to be a crutch that I hobble through 2021 on. It's done. And just because this kingdom is changing, his is the same yesterday, today, and forever. I'm going to trust more in that than what I see going on around me. I'm going to ask you another question this morning that I'm just asking you. Be real, be open, be honest, be transparent. Do you have the heart of a servant? Again, don't give me the Christian response. Be truthful to what's in your heart. Man, if you're sitting there this morning and you're saying, you know what, Pastor Eddie, I struggle with this. I'm so concerned about what's going on in my bubble that I haven't even thought about looking into anybody else's. Come on, if that's you this morning, would you lift up your hand? Even if you raised it the last time, it's okay. Again, hands all over the place. Now I'm going to ask you to lift your hand up one more time if this applies to you. How many of you are serious about wanting the overwhelmingly good life 
in 2021. Now lift up your hand for me if you would. Man, that should be every single person in this room. It should be. You can put your hands down. But here's what that means. Guys, on, on almost all three, about 75% of you raised up your hand. Guys, you got to make a decision right here and now. I will not allow what's going on around me to keep me from walking out God's plan and purpose for my life. Come on, make that decision in your heart. I don't care what's going on around me. I don't care what kind of anxiety, what kind of distress, what kind of hunger, what kind of pestilence, what kind of famine, what kind of, uh, of uh, sickness, what kind of disease, what kind of stuff. I will not allow that to keep me from doing and being who God's called me to be. And listen, that's only something that you can make in the depths of your own heart between you and your Father, your Heavenly Father. Listen, if you raised your hand to it, and even if you didn't, man, will you ask God right here and right now, will you please, will you please, Father, give me the heart of a servant? Give me the heart of a servant. And last but not least, make a commitment. Father, I'm going to do it your way. I'm going to do it your way. But I'm expecting the overwhelmingly good life. Because if I do it your way, I'm expecting your results. Look up for me, if you would. Man, he's such a gracious God. Let me say this again. If external can't be the reality, that anything going on external can't change the plan and purpose, isn't it also fair to say that something external can't fulfill the depths of my heart either? Doesn't matter money, doesn't matter position, doesn't matter title, doesn't matter job, doesn't matter whatever you choose, but external cannot lead you to the overwhelming, overwhelmingly good life. So again, no more than external can change what God wants to do in your life is no more than external can bring internal happiness. Can we agree? So, so listen to me, and here's where we'll close. I've said that like three times, haven't I? What are you passionate about? Man, I dare say there's some people in this room that have probably never served. And my only question would be, why not? Why not? Oh, Pastor, you don't know my past. No, you don't know my past. You don't know about the fact that I had a full-ride scholarship to play football and baseball. But because it's such a full-time job, I chose to sell drugs throughout my college career to make a living. 
Oh, and by the way, I took my fair share of them on the journey. I didn't grow up in a godly household. I didn't grow up with godly parents. But I am so thankful that my Savior found me and recreated my destiny. So, so listen to me. Again, don't sit there and tell me, oh, well, you don't know where I've been. You don't know where I've been. And reality is, none of that stuff can stop me from being who God's called me to be. That was some stupid that I made on the journey to get where I'm at. What's keeping you from serving? What are you passionate about? And listen, if you struggle to figure that out, let me ask you another, a different way of approaching it. What really bothers you? What really ticks you off? What aggravates you and kind of sticks in your craw? Because most of the time what aggravates you is the very thing you're called to fix. So what are you passionate about? And if you can't answer that question, answer me. What really bothers you? Now here's reality. You might end up serving in something that doesn't apply to either, either one. But guess what, David? Your preparation time is not wasted time. Guess what, David? You're on your way to a better seat. But don't stop being a good Uber Eats driver on the way. But sometimes, listen, God has us serve in those areas to show us what's really on the inside. But man, there's a God-given destiny. What are you passionate about? Come on, let's do it. What ticks you off? Let's fix it. But either way, get up out your seat and let's do something for the kingdom of God. 2020 is over. 2020 is over. So that's not going to be what I limp into the next year on. Amen? Would you stand to your feet, please? We're going to sing one last song this morning. And here's why we're doing that. Guys, it's very intentional because we want you to have the opportunity to ask this question. Man, God, what are you saying to me right now? Very personally, what are you saying to me about this message right now? What are you saying? And so as we sing this last song, we're going to ask that the, the prayer partners come forward here up to the, to the altar because if you need prayer for anything, they're here to serve you. Now, here's why this is important. Because your pride might say, oh, no, you got this. But my Bible tells me where two or more are gathered together, there he is. And if I can just get agreement with a couple of people, then reality is my faith just got multiplied. So you can choose, maybe out of a little bit of a prideful heart, I don't know. You can choose to tackle it yourself. Or reality is you can yoke up with some people that will genuinely pray with you and help you. But as we sing this song, will you ask the Father, what are you saying to me right now? Not what are you saying to my spouse. Not what are you saying to my kids. What are you saying to me? You can argue with your spouse all day long, but good luck trying to argue with him. Amen? So as we sing this song, would you please... Ask God that very sincere question. As we commit, this year ain't going to be like the last one. This year ain't going to be like the last one in Jesus' name. But we are not going to allow external things to determine that. We're going to be true servants 
one to another. And we're going to do it God's way in Jesus' name. Amen.